0: Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Hello and welcome to episode 197 of Let's Talk Loyalty, an episode entirely focused on the loyalty industry in Poland. My guest today is Thomas Makaruk, who is a doctor of economics and whose career is focused on marketing, specializing in loyalty. Thomas reached out to me recently asking my permission to translate selected episodes of Let's Talk Loyalty into Polish as a way to make my content more accessible, even for people there who don't speak English. So, as you can imagine, I was delighted. I then became intrigued to learn more about his work, so Thomas joins me today to introduce himself and what he does. As you will hear, for 13 years he has been the co-owner and CEO of i360, a software house and loyalty program management company based in Warsaw. What really impressed me is that he is also the author of many thought leadership articles on his loyalty marketing website. And now he also has a fantastic YouTube channel there. In today's discussion, Thomas presents a comprehensive overview of the loyalty industry in Poland, as well as the key trends and issues of concern for loyalty professionals there. So, I hope you enjoy listening today and learning from Thomas Makaruk. So, Thomas, joining me today from Poland, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty.
1: Hi, um, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Wonderful. It's been absolutely fascinating to have met you and to hear about all of the incredible work that you're doing there. I knew very little about Poland at all. So we'll definitely be getting an expert's view on the entire loyalty market in your country today, Tomas. So um, thank you for all of your preparation for reaching out to me a couple of months ago to introduce yourself. And we're going to start with the usual question, I suppose, um, because you're very familiar with this country where. I live in the UAE as well as your home country and I know you have a wonderful surprise in terms of your favorite loyalty program. So let's get straight into it. Tell us your favorite loyalty program.
1: Right. My favorite loyalty program is Share from the United Arab Emirates market. So mm-hmm. D- Dubai and Abu Dhabi are places where I believe the most experienced and creative people from around the world come to enjoy life, but also to benefit from what they have already accomplished in their countries of origin. Therefore, whatever happens in the UAE uh, is unique. I mean, unique in terms of innovation and in terms of scale. And this also applies to loyalty programs as far as I'm aware. So when asked which market actually is the most advanced and worth benchmarking for loyalty programs, I would usually point to the UAE, uh, to the US and to Japan. So back back to Share. Uh, Share is an easy to navigate uh, mobile app-based program run by the entire Majid Alpha Tem Group uh, with KFU, mm-hmm. Vox Cinemas, Lego, and many other retailers as the, the so-called uh, anchors. I mean I mean, the yes. most significant participants. Yep. Technically, it's a point-based program, but the points are denominated in dirhams, which is the UAE currency. So mm-hmm. from that point of view, it's actually the money back program. I wh- Why do I like share? I like share because it feels like it works everywhere. Uh, I think it's due to the vast uh, network of affiliate partners that mm-hmm. allow members. I'm also the member, which... Uh, as a result, it allows me to, to receive membership benefits. Mm-hmm. And this includes online shopping at uh, partners, uh, e-commerce stores, e-shops. Yeah. So I really appreciate the attention to details that the developers uh, put into creating uh, this program. Mm-hmm. It actually, uh, let me illustrate it with an example. If you forget uh, to identify yourself, with a barcode which is posted inside the app at the checkout you can actually upload your receipt later you can literally scan it through the app to endpoints mm. so so the share id that the way participants would identify themselves uh, in the program uh, is a barcode based and it's presented through the app so obviously no plastic id cards here of course and, and then the program has uh, uh, an, an, a feature, a built-in chat into the app. So if you want to communicate with them, you, you can do it uh, through the app. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, we can split our payment and pay part of the bill with points and part with cash uh, or card or payment card. So it's simple, but, but still unique, I believe.
0: It definitely is the most. And when you sent me through your your favorite loyalty program, given your extraordinary expertise, I was really, um, I suppose. Um, I suppose, thrilled to see this personal recommendation is probably the best way to describe it, because what I noticed is I prefer to join a loyalty program after it's recommended by somebody I trust. And we've been working together a little bit now. So for somebody like you to say that this is such a useful program and so easy to use gives me actually the the nudge that I needed, because clearly I'm resident in the UAE. I know some of the people running the share program and I've been really impressed again by their communication and the scale, but I kept resisting, you know, I think I'm just one of these people that hates any joining procedure at mm-hmm. all. So thank you for the recommendation. And I think it's also reminded me the most that I definitely want to have the share program on the show at some stage. And um, there's a few people I know from my own very early career many years ago here in the UAE. So The Majid al group as well is probably just worth, you know, for our global audience just to maybe explain a little bit to us. I think I just wanted to comment that we almost have so many um, hugely impressive family owned groups of companies here in this market that they have enough different retail outlets to build like a coalition of their own. It's quite extraordinary.
1: Yes, yes, it is. In, in this, uh, from this point of view, Dubai and Abu Dhabi I and mean, the UE market uh, is very specific, uh, but it's worth joining. Uh, share, I, I believe. Uh, I believe you will join.
0: Okay, I definitely will. So thank you for that. So they've got a new member as a result of today. So I guess the main reason that I wanted to bring you on the show, Tomasz, was because you're doing some extraordinary work in lots of different ways. Um, And I'll let you talk through, I suppose, all of the various different types of things that you do. But particularly, I think I mentioned, I don't know the Polish loyalty market at all. So maybe just introduce yourself, actually, if you don't mind, the kind of work that you do, and then maybe just tell a bit about the loyalty market in Poland.
1: Okay so actually uh loyalty is is uh, my entire professional life is all around loyalty. Uh I've I have 26 years of professional experience. I've spent half of this time uh in with international corporations such as uh, Mars Group and, and Michelin. Mm-hmm. Started as marketing assistant and went up to the position of uh, marketing director for entire zone of countries. Wow. And for for the last uh, 13 years, uh, um, I've been a co-owner and the CEO of i360, which is the CE-based uh, uh, loyalty program management company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, from from the very beginning of my career... Uh, loyalty was and still is uh, my both profession and, and passion mm-hmm. I create and manage loyalty programs I mm-hmm. take part in loyalty programs I write my blog about loyalty programs uh, it, yeah. it's it, it's my life
0: oh for sure and you have some extraordinary academic qualifications as well Tomas that you'll have to give a mention to.
1: Yeah, I'm a PhD in uh, in economics uh, from the Warsaw School of Economics. I have also uh, participated in uh, Harvard's executive education course. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it also was uh, around uh, the topics were around loyalty. And such sure. promotions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, mindset of understanding the deep uh, complexity of economics must be extraordinary when you're having conversations with different brands about their loyalty programs.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, we work, and loyalty programs are uh, managed by large multinational corporations, and yes. those those corporations, majority of them, would be uh, actually uh, public uh, companies. They will be the stocks would be quoted on a on a stock exchange, right? Sure. So uh, it's always uh, worth to understand what's the most critical, the single most important KPI uh, of the CEO of a public company, right? Sure. And, 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 and this would be this would be the revenue per share. So actually, the uh, the CEO of a public company would like uh, to uh, create value for the shareholders by increasing the stock price uh, value, and uh, in order to achieve that. Uh, they need to increase their sales and yeah. increase their profitability, and I mean, here is where the loyalty program uh, plays uh, a very significant role. So, yeah, that to this this understanding of how the economic wor- world works yeah. uh, helps me a lot to uh, to create and manage uh, and succeed within the loyalty.
0: Fantastic! So, tell us then about the loyalty market in Poland. I'm intrigued.
1: All right. Uh, So uh, basically, when we discussed uh, the geographical demographics of your podcast listeners, you showed me statistics that your target groups come from such far-flung regions as the United Arab Emirates, the United States, United Kingdom, South Africa, Australia. I mean, countries where the official language is, is English, right? Sure. Uh, however, if we were to do an analysis of a country where English isn't the official language, such as Poland, I, I believe we should begin with a, a, a few words of introduction about the country, about Poland itself. Sure. Specifically for those listeners who live far outside of Europe. So yeah. uh, P- Poland is located in the Central Eastern Europe, it is a member of the European Union, uh, belongs to the Schengen area, it is a home for like 30, over 38 million people. Okay. In terms of area, it's the ninth largest country in Europe.
0: Mm-hmm. And in
1: terms of GDP, it's the sixth largest country in Europe. Wow. The market economy is developing since 19... Uh, 19- 89 so mm-hmm. in other words for for what well, 33 years now and okay. the first loyalty program was created back in 1999 uh, so uh, the the loyalty market uh, is 23 years old if i may say so
0: Wonderful. Yeah. And just because we were talking today, Tomás, I did look up the, the geography because, you know, with them, um, the situation in Ukraine, obviously so serious at the moment. I just wanted to share my uh, support and concern for you as neighbors of Ukraine and, and hope you guys are all doing okay.
1: Yes. Thank you for, for mentioning that. We stay united. Uh, and uh, we very much uh, help as as far as possible, uh, especially those uh, refugees from from the Ukraine, since Mm. there is a regular war there.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. Okay, so listen back to the loyalty market there. Um, you've mentioned that the loyalty program market is 23 years old and actually it seems to be um, quite huge in terms of the sheer number of actual programs in existence. So maybe give us a sense of exactly what type of sectors are operating and the sheer scale of the market there in the loyalty
1: sector. Okay, okay. Uh, so there are over like 130 loyalty programs. Uh, aimed at the end buyer, meaning the business-to-consumer loyalty programs. Okay. Uh, And we know it because uh, every year at i360, we count them all and we sign up for the newly created ones. Wow. Uh, In in (laughs) fact, we participate in all of the loyalty programs on the market. As mentioned, we are really loyalty freaks here. Great. Uh, In in parallel, there is over like 100 business-to-business incentive programs but I will not discuss them today. I will focus on on B2C only. Okay. Uh, The the above values apply to those ventures that are organized uh, systematically and have the terms and conditions in writing in which the headline reads, it's a a loyalty program. I mentioned this because one of the market trends we have uh, seen in recent years especially during the pandemic, is the emergence of of marketing activities whose uh, set of rules include all the elements that would make us say it's a loyalty program, but the organizers actually don't call it uh, that. So they treat those ventures as part of of their basic marketing offer. This is mainly visible in e-commerce. At the same time, uh, some of the actions which are called loyalty programs are actually loyalty cards. However, based on the adopted methodology, uh, we classify them as, as loyalty programs. So actually, as, as mentioned at the very beginning, 130, mm. slightly over 130 B2C loyalty programs exists.
0: Wow. Sounds quite fragmented, most.
1: Yes, uh, yes, yes, it does. Uh, although uh, you can have very different perspective, uh, depends on how you would like to perceive uh, the market. So let me let me start from uh, loyalty market categories and then I will take you through some uh, in-depth data analysis. So okay. there, yeah, there are four main categories of loyalty program we've got points programs discounts programs hybrid meaning those who combine points and discounts and money back programs we can also distinguish if you like the category of multi-partnership program and Mm -hmm. the programs directed to to shareholders within them so the the breakdown of programs by category uh, looks like this Uh, the points programs cover 12% of the market. Mm-hmm. The discount 35%, hybrid would be 50. Wow. Uh, and of course it's by quantity, the number of programs not by value of the reward market.
0: Okay, that's a good and important yeah, distinction.
1: Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and we have one multi-partner program with over 10 significant partners. It's uh, it's payback. Okay. So based yeah. on yeah. the on, on what we have discussed above the impression is that the loyalty market is very crowded and fragmented, as you said. Mm. However, this expression disappears when we look deeper into the data. And it turns out that only six largest programs reach a declared level of participation at the double-digit level. So let me explain this, though. Okay. The reported participation rate is the percentage of responses to the question, uh, which loyalty program do you participate in? And this is a question asked in a nationwide market survey of representative sample of adult polls. We will return to this study later in the discussion, if you allow. Okay. So at this stage, it's worth saying that the distribution of responses is such that 35% of the public say they do not participate in an, a, any loyalty program. So 65% of them uh, participate in at least one. So mm. meanwhile, the 10% of this 65% who say they participate in at least of one, uh, they indicate that they actually participate in one of the six main programs. Okay. So, this includes three uh, programs from the uh, retail grocery category, and two from petrol stations and a drugstore chain program. And, and there is also one uh, shoe retailer program within those, those six. So at the same time, roughly like 25% programs have a declared participation level of more than 1%. And that says a lot about the market, I believe. Even Mm. though there are over 130 of them, Mm. only 1% of the society uh, would admit to participate in 25 uh, 25 largest programs, 25 largest of them. So uh, as, as always in the case of, you know, analysis of the research results, one has to be very careful as they are based on the spontaneous declarations of respondents, right?
2: Sure. Ultimately,
1: however, the sum of these declarations makes up the, the entire market. So concluding this market discussion, uh, mm. it should be noted that the 25 most popular programs are those uh, of the most prominent market players in the categories. Thus, we, we have here a very clear phenomenon of scale, if I may say so, the most significant mm. players who yeah. dominate the market are the prevalent, mm. and and are prevalent in the advertising messages are seen as organizers of the most popular loyalty programs.
0: Wonderful, thank you. That's a really clear and in depth analysis. So, so I really appreciate that. The one that's, um, I suppose, uh, the most obvious that uh, I would probably have expected would be an airline loyalty program. Is that something that happens in the in the Polish market?
1: Yes, we we have a a national area airline career and they have their own loyalty program, but it's not within the 25 largest ones.
0: Okay. Okay. My sense is the demographics in Poland means maybe few people get the, you know, the opportunity to, you know, become uh, members of the the, the frequent flyer program, maybe as much as as you said, everyday things like grocery and fuel and certainly drugstores.
1: Yes, yes, so that, as, as always the the main uh, categories of a market where the loyalty programs are organized, mm-hmm. like uh, food retail uh, stores uh, but but not the airlines.
0: Okay, brilliant. So how has it developed? Um, you mentioned I think it was 1999, the very first one started. so so where did it all begin for Poland in
1: loyalty? Yeah, so uh, it was back uh, in the previous century. It was 1999. <laughs> uh, 20, wow, 20 I know really old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and th- that's how old the market is. Uh, then the tests began on the first two loyalty programs, actually, for two competing chains of, of fuel stations. These were and still are uh, point based programs. Mm-hmm. So now these were tests, and now officially, the oldest program is now celebrating its 21st anniversary. So when the market became saturated with catalog of prices of all those point-based programs, and after a few years, everybody started giving out actually the same type of prices, which consequently ceased to provide any diversity on the market, the stage of discount program begins. And uh, this category of programs is still the most uh, numerous. So mainly because it's... I I believe you will share this uh, opinion, it's much easier to introduce a simple discount program to the market than it it is to to implement the point-based program. So this class, the the class which which is developing very dynamically is the segment of money-back programs. It's Mm -hmm. the smallest segment, but actually the most dynamic one in terms of its development. Mm. And uh, of course, money back program would offer some sort of uh, refund uh, of portion of the price spent on the payment cards, on the bank account, on virtual loyalty program account. The, it, it all depends how the program is structured.
2: Mm. So
1: among the 10 most popular programs in Poland, there are some which uh, have been initiated back in the 20th century, like Mm -hmm. those two uh, petrol fuel stations programs. uh, Some of those uh, whose history is just uh, three years old. Uh, So uh, that's how the market looks. Uh, Actually, finally, the the youngest category on the market are the programs uh, aimed at shareholders of public companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the programs which which were implemented uh, to ensure the shareholders' loyalty, mm-hmm. mainly by companies listed on, on the stock exchanges, either here in Warsaw or, or abroad, and they would offer uh, certain sets of privileges to those who hold shares, right?
0: Well, I love that idea, I have to say, Tomás, and I think you know that I really... I really value innovation and this is an idea that's starting to emerge. I've heard it mentioned certainly in the Australian market. I've heard it mentioned in the US. So really pleased you hear you have that model also in Poland.
1: Yes, 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 we do. It's the the latest category to, to come. Yeah. And the youngest one, but mm. uh, these programs are, are still developing and uh, uh, judging by the amount of uh, Hits I had on my blog on on uh, on the article about the yeah. uh, loyalty programs aimed at shareholders. It's also of uh, th- this category, I believe, will will grow in the in the future because it was one of the most popular article I've written uh, for the last like six months.
0: Wow, well, I'm glad you mentioned your blog most because I think it's the perfect time maybe to actually just tell our listeners about that. And we'll make sure to li- link to it in the show notes. And I know it's all in Polish, but thankfully we have Google Translate. So certainly I'll be definitely going to read that article that you've written. So tell us about your marketing
1: blog. Oh, thank you. Um, the, the address is uh, marketing business blog. In fact, it, it has a section in English. Uh, I'm ah. translating uh, the most popular and uh, the, the articles which... Uh, are among those um, read uh, very, very often. Great. And so you're so all invited. Okay. Uh, but mainly I share my experience from day-to-day work and uh, describe of uh, anything that was either interest which I found interesting yeah. or something which was uh, new or unexpected to me. And I share my experience uh, with, uh, with other loyalty professionals
0: yeah and what impressed me i guess was the sheer scale and the the audience that you've managed to create because what i think sometimes happens um the word blog is of course perfectly correct but sometimes it's confused as you know something that somebody's doing it as a hobby where you're doing it professionally you're sharing thought leadership and you have an extraordinary audience reading the blog
1: Thank you. Uh, Google Analytics says uh, we, we have uh, uh, around 7,000 unique visitors a year. So uh, it's in terms of I mean being a B two B blog, uh, It's it's a quite a, a high figure, which I very much appreciate. Yeah. And uh, I'd like also like to say thank you, Paula, uh, for letting us translate uh, your podcast uh, transcripts, selected podcast transcripts, which we publish, and uh, I, I really very much appreciate.
0: Well, you're doing amazing work with them. I know the first one, um, my um, articulation might not have been clear enough for the transcription to be clear for you, but you seem to be doing it beautifully well now. So I'm really honored actually to have my, my content there in Polish. So uh, so great work for you. Um, tell us then the most about how I suppose the programs are evolving there in, in Poland and maybe some of the most popular ones.
1: Okay, so uh, there are three uh, most popular programs in Poland. Uh, so the first one would be Moja Biedronka, a, a program of a, a food retail chain called Biedronka, which is owned by Geronimo Martins. Mm-hmm. And your um, listeners from Portugal uh, might recognize it and, and forgive me if I butcher the pronunciation here <laughs> as Pingudos. Okay. Uh, this is Biedronka in Poland. Yeah. Uh, the second one would be uh, Orlen Vitae, which is the program by the Orlen uh, fuel station chain owned by the company, uh, which is controlled by the Polish government. Okay. And Rosman Club, which you will obviously know of the Rosman chain, uh, which is one of the few entities on the market that actually run two loyalty programs at the same time. Mm-hmm. an interesting perspective on the market is also shown by the analyzing the like top top 6 or top 10 uh, uh, most popular programs of the last decade mm-hmm. so in this group we have like 12 programs which rotated between 2011 and 2021 okay. some of them stayed at the top for the whole time mm-hmm. others dropped out and and were replaced by the newly created programs so Uh, Having said that, I'd like to also mention that when analyzing the market, it's always worth looking at events uh, whose, uh, if you like, organizers would prefer to hide them from the public. Uh, I'm referring here to the process of closing of ineffective loyalty programs. So, so Uh, far in Poland, we have experienced the closure of several critically, actually, uh, critical loyalty programs whose membership... Uh, data sets numbered in, in millions, uh, even. Uh, so I'm thinking of a leading telecom program, several wow. food retail chain programs, including the Tesco Club Card, probably mm. known to your, most of your listeners, which disappeared from the market uh, last year. Yeah. So all those events uh, were triggered by one of the two factors either ownership changes or the bankruptcy and liquidation of the of the organizer Mm -hmm. thus we are dealing here with a like a particular trigger when new owners would introduce a new order or a new set of rules and naturally strive to increase the Mm -hmm. effectiveness and efficiency of the activities of the company they bought or acquired so As we all know, loyalty programs, specifically those with millions of participants, would consume like millions of dollars of the budget annually. So mm-hmm. both yeah. in terms of the operating costs and the the reward costs. So the temptation then is for the new owners or new managers in like one fell swoop, uh, close the program and uh, significantly improve the projected financial results by, by freeing up the budgets that are moved from the expense line of the income statement to the profit line. So uh, we've got a very uh, strong, uh, most popular uh, list of, of loyalty programs, but mm-hmm. we have also experienced closures for the last uh, 20, 23 years of the market history. Okay.
0: Okay. My goodness. Well, first of all, I'm glad I didn't have to pronounce those Polish names myself. So thank you for um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) explaining those for us. Um, On the Tesco closure, um, I will mention and again also link in the show notes. We had um, a wonderful interview with the Saling Group uh, just about a month or so ago out of Denmark. And my understanding is the Selling Group in Denmark has bought that uh, grocery chain, so will be expanding in the Polish market. Um, I know it's not um, you know, I suppose reassuring for people who lost millions of points, but I do believe there will be a, lo- a new loyalty proposition coming because Selling Group is definitely investing very heavily in loyalty. So hopefully that is a solution that one. But I guess you're absolutely right, Themos. It's um it's an easy decision for a hard-nosed financial person and to um, to change the optics of a business just by, you know, removing their actual legal obligation to um, to previous members of a loyalty program and change the finances just with them by, by letting everybody down and not giving them what they owe them.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, it's pretty tough, pretty tough. But anyway, I guess it's life. So um so not to worry. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot of um, closure of loyalty programs. I mean, we've seen it in the US, for example. We've seen it all over the world, and I would love to just get your perspective on, you know, how are they perceived, maybe by uh, business owners and managers in Poland? Because, as we said, there's there's certain triggers if um, if the ownership changes or the business closes down or there is actually a, a bankruptcy, but. In terms of how loyalty might be perceived or respected as a driver of profitable behavior, is that something that you think Polish business owners really buy into or do they still need convincing?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I would refer to the the Delphi report published in uh, 2019 uh, called Why Loyalty Programs Fail. And uh in the, the in this study, the second most important factor uh, in loyalty program failure uh, which was identified is the lack of ability to document and analyze the loyalty program's effectiveness. So actually yeah. like uh, over 90 percent of the experts uh, participating in the panel discussion uh, of on which this report was based uh, confirmed that the inability to calculate, program effectiveness and efficiency, uh, uh, all all these two metrics is a cause of potential program failure. Yeah. So uh, then the the lack of these skills uh, leads executives to believe that the program is consuming too much money and then leading to ongoing budget pressures and so on and so on. You You know the story, right? Sure. So, so some of the panelists uh, of the Delphi report actually stated that the uh, inability to demonstrate a correlation in between actions that are taken under a loyalty program and the increase in sales and margins uh, resulting from the program leads managers to to consider to treat such a program as the additional costs. Uh, additional cost line in the Excel spreadsheet of the cost of doing business, which in turn turn makes them to to question the the actual value of the program. So uh, the Delphi report panelists mainly emphasize the company's revenue growth, perceive the activities leading to building buyer loyalty as another, actually, additional cost rather than investment in the future proposition of a of yeah, the yeah. so these factors actually lead to to the closure of top rated programs on on the market several times already
0: yeah, you're absolutely right. And it it does, um, it causes us all, I suppose, a huge amount of difficulty. I remember myself when I was in a telecoms loyalty program, I, I've talked about it a few times on the show, but I was always most uncomfortable when I was asked to prove, you know, that, you know, the correlation between the loyalty activities was actually causing that behavior change that um, that we set out to achieve. So clearly it's a global issue. I think if either of us had a magic wand to all we might uh, try and make that one disappear, but I don't think it's going away anytime soon.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Tough one, tough one. But tell us then, I suppose, about, um, you know, the, uh, the participants and what kind of perspectives you hear from consumers in the Polish market about these, um, I suppose, top six programs and, you know, what kind of household penetration you, you experience.
1: Okay so uh, again, uh, I would like to start with a few words about the structure of households uh, in in Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, basically there are over 14 and a half million households in Poland. okay uh, The research says 65 uh, percent of poles uh, participate in at least one loyalty program uh, mm-hmm. with the average household participating in three programs. okay? So from this perspective, the market is still very, very immature, right? As as in the United States, for example, Mm -hmm. the average household would participate in 18 loyalty programs. And as far as I can remember, uh, being active, making purchases in eight of them, right? So this 75% penetration rate of, of loyalty programs... Has remained more or less unchanged for the last like five years. So uh, that's uh, what the penetration of, of loyalty uh, is. But actually, what distinguishes a Polish consumer and uh, their participation in loyalty programs is their activity. So if someone engages in a program, it's mm-hmm. an active participation. Uh, okay. uh, actually, eighty-five percent of those participating and um, are active participants, meaning they know okay. they points value, they repeat purchases, they identify themselves with the program app, or still a plastic ID card at the checkout, and, mm. and so on. Uh, so, of course, uh, so of course, this this definition. Uh, would depend on on the different market segments. So it would mean something different to be active at the yep. petrol yep. station or the grocery retail chain. Uh, but uh, this is the ratio uh, we have observed uh, in this market, which to my understanding, is quite uh, quite similar on the on the other market. So the mm. highest uh, it's also worth mentioning that the highest penetration rate, are recorded in uh, among the, the youngest part of the population, meaning in 18 to 49 years old. Okay. Uh, over 80% of people in each demographic, regardless how you analyze this group, which breakdown you use, yeah. declare the membership in at least one of the loyalty program. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about uh, university graduates, over 85% of those with the university degree uh, participate uh, in uh, at least one loyalty program as well. This is at least what they they okay. declare in okay. a national um, uh, market study. Mm. In terms of gender, we've got a female mm. majority. Okay. Uh, six out of ten participants uh, in loyalty programs are women in Poland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, this ratio differs in each market segment. Again, right? In the case of clothing retail chains, 90% of participants are women. Mm-hmm. Similarly, in the case of uh, take uh, gas station chains, right? 70% of participants are men. Mm. Uh, like the the rest of the world, the, the leading market segments in which programs are organized are uh, food and clothing retail chains, gas station chains, and, and drugstores.
0: Excellent. And it actually is very reassuring as well, Tomás, to hear that it is a younger demographic um, because we often hear feedback that, you know, the younger people sometimes are more cynical and more demanding and more, I suppose, conscious of the privacy and what they're giving up in return for that membership. So um, I know 18 to 49 is quite a broad um, band, but good to hear that it's resonating across all demographics for you
1: yes but at the same time i am often asked how uh, by the program organizers how can they increase the participation level how can they grow the market share for the for the loyalty program yeah. and yeah. Uh, having having said that basically uh, the potential to grow is within the target audience which is most difficult to acquire meaning those less educated and older yeah. So from, from one perspective, uh, yeah, like you said, it's good to see that the young, uh, younger part of the population actually uh, participates uh, mm-hmm. in, in loyalty programs uh, mm-hmm. without any worry that they are bought for their loyalty data or personal data and so on. Mm-hmm. But from the other perspective, if you want to grow your, your, your program penetration uh, mm. in the market... Then uh, you should attack those uh, older part of the population, which mm. is which is difficult then to acquire.
0: For sure. Well, I think we all know what's difficult to acquire in a lot of cases. So certainly not unique there. But um, yeah, I can hear it's coming through from your clients as much as uh, as ours here in the rest of the world. Um, I'd love to understand Thomas. Then, um, what type of programs and rewards are you seeing in the market?
1: So. From the perspective of the end user, the, yeah. I believe the, the purpose uh, of participating in a loyalty program at the end of the day is to get rewards, right? Sure. Uh, that that's why they participate, and therefore it's it's interesting to see what benefits they, uh, I mean, participants uh, receive or being are being offered. So the most popular. Bonuses that households get from uh, participating in programs are mainly discounts. Okay. Then the ability to pay with for the purchases with points. Uh, they can also choose of course the price from the catalog uh, in uh, point-based programs. Okay. Uh, there, there is money back and there is the opportunity to support the charity. Oh, and nice. this distribution has been has been consistent for years. So, let us analyze uh, what does it actually mean. So first of all, it shows we are talking about a relatively low purchasing power society okay. for, for which rebates are critical aspects of managing the household budget. So the, the average salary in Poland is only like $1,300 US dollars per month. And this wow. is still the gross value, I mean, before taxes. Okay. So this is like, what, four times less than the value of the, from, the, from the US market, right? Wow. So at the same time, the differences in the cost of living in between Poland and the States uh, uh, is much lower, which means that the purchasing power of Polish salary is mm. relatively low. This is why, to my understanding, discount loyalty programs are so popular here.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's incredible when we know that our industry is actually helping people manage their monthly budgets.
1: This is exactly what, what is happening. Yeah.
0: Wow. And just when you mentioned the catalogs the most, are they typically um, printed catalogs, you know, like the traditional ones? I think you referred to, that's what you started with in 1999. Are they still printing catalogs, these programs, or have they moved
1: to digital? they used to be like like 10 years ago but but now nowadays it's these are all all digitals and uh these are either presented on the website or within the uh mobile applications of the loyalty program
0: okay because i do my my perception is it is a digitally savvy country and i would have expected that you would have a lot of mobile apps for your programs do you
1: Yes, yes, we do. And actually, uh, when I was listening to your interviews with other guests, I've noticed that you used to ask uh, uh, what is their favorite statistic about the loyalty program, mm-hmm. uh, uh, right? Yeah, so for years. <laughs> for, me, for me, such a statistic is the loyalty program up uh, usage rate. I mean, the percentage of the population or loyalty program participants that use uh, loyalty program uh, mobile app. So Mm -hmm. for the last 10 years, this has been the the most rapidly growing ratio, I would say. Uh, And it is now at the level of uh, 74%. So what does it mean in practice? Uh, Roughly speaking, it means that 65% of the population participates in at least one of the loyalty program and mm. 74% out of this 65% use the loyalty programs mobile app. Mm. So Excellent. Yeah. Uh, let, let us stop here for a while. Okay. And, and, uh, um, discuss, uh, how participants take part in the loyalty program. So looking from the organizers perspective, how organizers communicate with participants in their programs and, um, uh, uh, this also refers to the catalog of prizes which you which you mentioned. So, seventy four percent is nearly like three quarters of all those participating in loyalty programs. Yeah, it's great. So for them, the smartphone and the mobile app. Uh, I used to first identify themselves at the, um, in the program at the checkout, but also to, to check the available balance, select the rewards, activate coupons, utilize click and collect functionality, pay with, pay for purchases. What else you can do with the, you, with the mobile app? So this raises the question of how the, remaining quarter of the participants who do not use the app participate in loyalty programs
2: yeah, and
1: yeah. there are still people uh i which who identify themselves with a plastic card or log into the program website uh or, or still use paper catalogs although I myself have not uh, seen any for like uh, 5 years already. Okay. But, but most probably some of them would be uh, would be produced. Uh, some people still call the hotline but uh, otherwise uh, it's a very very um, digital society uh, right now and it also applies to the to the loyalty yeah. programs.
0: Yeah it makes total sense and glad to hear that that digital uh, savviness is coming through and being adopted because at the end of the day who needs printed catalogs i think there's so much wastage and even we had ikea on the show here at the Moss. Um, it was early 2021 and they had just even as a huge global brand renowned for relying on their catalog to do all of their sales really and marketing ikea had discontinued it as well so i'm glad to see you haven't seen it in a few years there yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah.
0: wonderful so what other trends would you say you're seeing um as well as that that move towards digital uh, digitalization uh what other trends are you seeing there at uh, was
1: Okay, there are several. Uh, One of the major trends is that the user penetration has been hovering at 74%, even though these mobile application functionalities have been increasing, namely the the range of functionalities embedded in the applications, I mean, such as pay type features, self-checkout, clicker, collect, Pay and uh, Go and, and many others. So uh, we, we have quite a stable penetration of mobile app usage, but then uh, whatever happens inside those uh, applications, uh, I mean, the range of uh, functionalities uh, is, uh, is growing and it's, this is one of the areas where the loyalty market is very um, innovative. Uh, another uh, a trend is, as already mentioned, the closures of the inefficient, uh, inefficient loyalty programs. Yeah. I've mentioned the Tesco Club Card, although I wouldn't say it was it was an ineff- inefficient program. It was a different trigger here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was due to the, like, man- like I mentioned before, right? It was due to the change in the ownership structure. Sure. Another trend would be uh, launching. Uh, of new premium programs as a supplement to the mass market offer. It is combined with the migration of part of the user database into the lower tier. Let me give you an example. Uh, uh, Recently, Visa introduced a program called the Visa Benefit Program, a program which is offering benefits related to Visa premium cards. And Mm. at the same time, they've moved the basic program called Visa Offerte into the white label program for selected banks. So these are the major, major trends.
0: Mm. Wow, that's fascinating. I hadn't heard about Visa having a premium program in other markets.
1: Yeah, they, they have they have one in Poland and they have one in neighboring countries. Yeah.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and things like I suppose payment then is that I suppose becoming part of your industry there, like in other countries?
1: yes uh, actually uh, the, the the most if, if i was to point to the most important and uh, the, the 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 major trend this would be uh, the development of those pay type of features so you can uh, mm-hmm. either uh, pay uh, with the mobile um, application of the loyalty program mm-hmm. or you can uh, just link your your credit card or, or debit card to the loyal, uh, um, to the mobile app of the loyalty program. And uh, there is no need to actually have your wallet with you. It's enough to have a phone and you can pay right. for your purchases with the mobile application of the, of the loyalty programs. It it works slightly different in different programs, but at the end of the day, the development is, uh, and what's unique here is that uh, you can, uh, uh, actually do one transaction and it's combined. I mean, your identification at the checkout and your payment process yeah. uh, are now uh, combined and it's just one process.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned to me as well once before, Thomas, about the concept of an autonomous retail outlet and it sounded very sophisticated. Um, something maybe like we've seen in the US, for example, with, the, with Amazon stores. So can you tell us a bit about that particular one?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a concept. Uh, uh, it's a, a, a I would say proof of concept at the moment, okay. but it works in several cities. Okay, uh, it's like a, a a store for loyalty programs participants only. So you can actually. Uh, purchase uh, if you are a member of the loyalty program so uh, there is no human person, human beings there wow. uh, it's all based on the artificial intelligence so when you enter the store yeah. uh, and you have your mobile uh, application of the loyalty program yeah. Uh, yeah. you can purchase whatever is there on the shelf and you just uh, move out, right? You you, you go away and uh, uh, your uh, your purchases are being tracked by the cameras and actually you pay by the app uh, automatically.
0: Wonderful. I'll be dying to talk to uh, some of those type of retailers as well. So if you know anyone, please send them my way. Um, It's been, I suppose, a long time that say in Ireland, for example, there was the um, traditional version, let's say, where we have scan and pay you know, but in a manned store. So I think the big difference, as you said, is if there's nobody in the store and obviously you have to identify yourself to get in. So there's no, I suppose, risk of theft. It's absolutely incredible to have the whole store completely autonomous and for loyalty program members only.
1: Yeah, it's like a next step of uh, self checkout, right? Because with all yeah. the self checkout activities, you have to scan the yeah. product with your mobile or at the cash register and yeah. then pay by yourself. Okay. But okay. it's it's a it's a next step, right? You don't need to do actually anything. There are cameras which track what you take from the shelf, and uh, then uh, this cost is actually added to your to your account or subtracted from your from uh, wow. your uh, payment card.
0: Excellent, excellent. I'll be dying to try one actually. uh, I do remember reading an article about the Amazon Go proposition. And I believe one of the um, senior people was mentioning one of the feedback they had actually from customers was they almost felt like they were stealing because they (laughs) (laughs) weren't... they weren't having to prove to somebody that they'd made a payment. So I think psychologically, it's probably just a huge change as well for us as customers to get used to this idea that I am paying, but uh, you know, I don't have to prove it to anyone. I think it's brilliant.
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
0: Wow. Wow. And then things like gamification, Tomas, that's something we like to talk about as well on the show. Does that come up in the programs there in Poland?
1: Uh, sorry say it again
0: gamification do you find gamification much- yes yes yeah. definitely
1: yeah yeah i mean gamification is uh, uh first of all the way to entertain uh participants uh, yeah. but also uh, the way to make your program alive if if i may say so it's uh, something that uh basically uh, would encourage your participants to be active in the purchases and Mm -hmm. uh, identify themselves uh, at the checkout. And... uh, uh, take part of the program benefits. And one of the ways to achieve that would be either to organize a, a lottery, a sweepstake, a competition, or mm-hmm. uh, use gamification techniques, right? From, from the computer games. Sure. Uh, different retailers approach it differently. We've got either mobile games. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, or just uh, either games for fun or games uh, which will give you loyalty points uh, or it's a technique basically to draw attention to the program uh, or uh, acquire the younger part of the population. Different objectives here, but Mm -hmm. definitely gamification is something which, uh, which is used very often.
0: Wonderful. And I think you'd mentioned to me there was a particular example there in the insurance industry, which I think I'd only heard about in South Africa, but a gamification style program. Can you mention a bit about that one for us?
1: Yeah, you, you mean the one where, where you're actually being tracked, your, your, your behavior yeah. uh, is being tracked uh, by the mobile app. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as a result of this uh, activity, uh, you can receive discounts in your uh, next insurance policy. Is that the one you mean?
0: That's exactly the one.
1: Yeah, so actually it's very unique and it's a very modern approach to loyalty. But at the same time, uh, I personally would worry what else about my behavior? Uh, this mobile app uh, would know uh, uh, what I <laughs> yes. do uh, in the car yeah. right? So okay,
2: uh, okay.
1: I, I I'm very careful driver myself, and I never never talk over the phone when driving unless I have the uh, hands uh, free um, speakerphone. Okay. but uh, I would have some, uh, if you like, worries uh, about such an approach. I don't believe this will be uh like a nationwide phenomenon uh, as the next step uh it has been used uh, it has been used in uh, in the insurance industry uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely something unique and worth mentioning but uh i don't know how about you would you agree on someone uh, knowing where do you travel how far do you drive and so on
0: um i think i'm probably um okay with it as long as there's a reason that I am being rewarded for my safe driving behavior at So I think you're absolutely right. And it's probably a separate privacy concern that there's extra data perhaps being tracked. But I remember, for example, looking at some Google data and my entire location, and this was 10 years ago, was all available on a map that I didn't realize was being tracked, uh, tracked, pardon me. And I really was, I, I found it very disconcerting, I have to say, um, I presume that's still happening, um, so I probably do avoid opting into those kind of things, but. I feel like that there is a lot of opportunity to improve our driving, you know, so, you know, rapid accelerating and braking. And again, there's probably it's easy to generalize, but certain demographics that perhaps drive more risky than others. So if there's a way to reduce the risk and increase the safety, I think in principle, I like it, but I I think it's down to the brand to help me trust that that's what they're going to do with the data and reward me for, for being that safe driver.
1: Yeah, I I see your point. I mean, as long as we we speak about safety on the road, then definitely I subscribe. Yeah, but from yeah. this, you know, personal data collection, because yeah. they will definitely collect a lot of a lot of data about each participant. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a bit controversial to me.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, maybe a topic we'll pick up another time, us. Um, so much to discuss. So listen, my last question then was just for anyone who is listening. And as you know, our audience is, is truly global. Um, if they're interested in finding more about loyalty conferences um, or what's going on there in Poland, what would you recommend that they do?
1: Okay, so uh, the the leading conference in Poland, I mean, the leading uh, loyalty program uh, conference in Poland is called Loyalty Planet, Mm -hmm. uh, which at the time of this recording is going to be held in April 2022 in Warsaw. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year, it's uh, held under the name uh, Loyalty in the Era of Digital First. Okay. Uh, and it's like a two-day event, which, which brings together over 200 uh, loyalty experts, practitioners from, from across Poland.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we are, if I may say so, also very proud gold partner of this conference, gold sponsor.
0: Yeah. Great. And
1: one of our key account directors is a chairperson. Uh, I mean the the moderator of the uh, of the entire forum. Uh, we, of course, we also act as the as the speakers. Mm. I I used to do it myself for several years, but now I have given this opportunity to the mm. younger generation. If if I may say so,
0: <laughs> super nice. And you have a couple of awards as well there, I think, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, we have. They are very linked to those loyalty conferences. Uh, the the organizers uh, recently launched the new industry competition called loyalty heroes okay but in addition there is also fe awards loyalty summit the golden arrow and and so on
0: okay so plenty to keep everybody busy tomos um i think that's it from my side is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up
1: Right. Uh, I'd like to say thank you very much uh, for this opportunity to present uh, the loyalty market in Poland. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a privilege. And uh, once again, thank you for uh, letting us translate your selected podcast transcripts uh, and uh, promote it in Poland.
0: Wonderful, Tomas. Well, listen, it is absolutely my honor to be uh, the content provider for you and to be able to be translated into Polish. I'll make sure that we do link to the marketingbusinessblog.pl in the show notes so everybody can find you. Are you comfortable with people connecting with you as well, Tomas, on LinkedIn if they need more information?
1: Sure. I am on LinkedIn and there is my email uh, at at the blog page. So uh, definitely, yes.
0: Wonderful. Okay. Well, with all that said, I'm going to wrap up and say a huge thank you for all of your insights, expertise, and support to Tomas Makarak from I-360 in Poland. Thanks from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People, a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM, and customer engagement. The Loyalty People work with clients in lots of different ways. Whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. And they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the Loyalty People also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners. And they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.